Welcome to the Yal Mega Podcast, where we delve into the inspiring stories of entrepreneurs, motivational coaches, and business leaders. Join us as we hear about their journey to success and the challenges they face along the way. We'll uncover their secrets to perseverance and determination and gain valuable insights into what it takes to reach your goals. The journey may not be beautiful, but it is always purposeful. So sit back, relax, and be ready to be inspired by those who have dared to dream big and make it a reality. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Al Mega Podcast. I'm your host, Al Mega, and today we have an amazing guest. I mean, this person has survived a traumatic brain injury. We're going to get into that story, how he's overcome. He's here with us today because he not only once, folks, but twice. Like, wow. But he's here today. He is still motivated. He is inspiring others. He's an up-and-coming speaker. The one, the only, the very amazing Dan McQueen. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> very good, man. I got to get you as my hype guy, Al. That's a pretty good intro, bud. Uh, well, you, listen, you, you're kicking uh, life right in the butt, and I love it. You, you uh, definitely inspiring me. I've, I've, I know people that have gone through uh, traumatic life injuries, uh, you know what I mean, uh, or, or, or circumstances, rather. And, you know, I, I've seen their journeys, and I've seen how to, uh, the journey has affected their, their emotions and their feelings. But it's wonderful to see someone like you that, you know what I mean? You definitely didn't let it keep you down. Seems like you picked up yourself and immediately went to and, and grabbed life by, by, by you know what and, and started kicking butt. And that's amazing and very inspiring. So, you know, thank you for doing that and, and showing us a way. Because, again, you know, look at what you've gone through. So, people, you have no excuse. All right. So, let's get into Dan's story uh, for real because it's very inspiring. So, Dan, just a bit about to start with where are you originally from? So I'm from Vancouver, Canada, which is where I'm calling you from today. But this story took place in London, England, jolly old. Really? All right. So so what, what were you doing out there in London, and, and what year was this? This was 2014. I was living in London, working in tech. Uh, I moved there after a master's in Sweden, so I was enjoying life in London. Big lights, big nights out, cafes, restaurants. It was all a go. Okay, living the life. Healthy, active guy, no, no medical issues, and then all of a sudden. What do you mean all of a sudden, though? What what happened in, in those moments? I mean, where were you? What what was going on? How did you feel, if you remember? Yeah, so I was getting these headaches, and they were getting pretty bad, and to the point where, like, my vision would go black for a few minutes. Like, not not sort of a casual thing. I knew something was wrong here. My headache was getting really bad. I was taking painkillers like candy for them as my head was pounding. I went to A&E, which is accident emergency, twice. Okay. They thought it was vertigo, and they sent me home. But they told me if the headaches were to continue, I should get my eyes checked in an optometrist okay. on the way out of the second A&E visit. So the headaches persisted. I decided, you know what, I'm getting this checked in an optometrist. I was in the middle of the exam when he stopped the exam midway through. The stop. He, he stopped it, gave me a sealed envelope, which is not a casual move, right? <laughs> He told me to go directly to Moorfields Hospital, which I did, sort of. No, I didn't really, but you didn't. I stopped home, <laughs> grabbed a Jack Reacher book by Lee Childs. I figured I'm in for a little wait. Grabbed a bite to eat because I'm back at the house now, and then I grabbed a phone charger. I went to Moorfields Hospital to ran the same tests. 
and the last guy led me to Charing Cross. It turns out I had a dangerous buildup of pressure in my brain caused from a non-cancerous system I had. Turns out it required emergency brain surgery. Whoa. Turns out my world was about to change entirely. Um, long story short, I ended up having emergency brain surgery. When I was on the operating table, the, the, the cyst burst when the operating had a brain hemorrhage. A mom lands and finds I'm in critical condition. So I was in a coma for four weeks. For four weeks. My gosh. But was in and out of consciousness for months after that. It was really dicey, touch and go. When all was said and done, I was learning how to walk, talk, and smile again. So I woke up in that hospital bed for the first time with my dad, mom, and brother around the table, around the, the bed. And I'm trying to speak to them, but I can't because my voice was gone. I had a tracheotomy removed, and it took me a while to get my voice back. I'm trying to talk to them, but I can't. And I go, and I point at my brother, I go, you, give me a pen and paper. So I write down, get me out of here. And I show it to Cam and he's, what do you want me to do, man? Like, you are tied up here. Tubes coming out of here. Your one eye is wonky as hell. And little did I know I'd be in the hospital for months after this, but I was just freaking my out goodness. that, you know, all, all got pear-shaped on me. My, well, you're alone with this happened. I was alone in London. Yeah, but my family came out when I was in a coma. Oh my gosh! And the, it was, do you remember anything while you were in a coma? Any type of weird experience or anything? Uh, weird dreams. Like, I had this one dream that uh, yeah. I was on a submarine, and there was a massive aquarium on the submarine, and I couldn't understand why you'd have an aquarium on a submarine because <laughs> we're underwater in the first place, bud. But I don't know. I looked into that a little bit on like a dream website. I don't know if you can really read into that too much, but it's fleeting wow. memories of that, but like in and out of consciousness for months, right? So it was quite, quite dicey. Oh my God. So, so what, what was it post once you wake up, you know, from the coma, you say you were in and out. I mean, when you started feeling finally much more stable, what was that journey like for you? Oh, it was tough, man, because I'm like, my my leg had frozen at an angle in the, in the in the coma, so I couldn't use my leg. I was in a wheelchair. In an angle? What do you mean? The way you slept or something? Yeah, like it just it was just bent and it had frozen at an angle, so the muscle had atrophied. Wow. I'm not a doctor with this. I'm not trying to be, but like it didn't work. In order to get it to work again, I had to wear a splint, and the splint was horrifically painful to wear. I'd oh my bite goodness. my arm trying to distract myself from the pain. Um. And to get into wheelchair took 45 minutes, then 40, then 40, then 35, then 30, then 35, then 30. Okay. It was arduous. It was a difficult battle. It was a struggle every day to get into the wheelchair. And it was frustrating as all hell because I used to be quite a sporty guy. I used to play like soccer, hockey, skiing, oh, volleyball, man. softball. Like I played all the sports. But I couldn't do any of this. I was in a wheelchair. And Eventually, I got myself back to walking after wearing the splint. But that was an arduous thing. May I ask, what, what was the emotional moments like in, in those moments when something that was so basic now became one of the most, you know, a, a difficult task? Yeah, it's a good question there, Alec. It's, um, I, I realized early on that it's not what it is, but how you react to it. There's a, there's a great quote from Epictetus, a Stoic philosopher, says, it's not what happens to you. But how you react to it that matters. It's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. And I really abided by this that it's not what it is because the brain injury didn't kill you. 
it didn't kill you. So you're saying there's a chance, but the way there's a chance is if you get to work and I call work chop wood, carry water. So I just get in the mindset of like, you know what? I can, I can do this. I can do that. I, I can't do this, but that's fine. Cause I can still do this now. Like I've got double vision still out, which is like pretty distracting. And I had asked surgery on the eyes to correct double vision. And I noticed that my eye would drag a little bit and I'd be really upset, but I could start, I could walk at the stage. So I was pretty stoked because I could walk in. So I like, well, at least I can do this. And that's not a very healthy way to address setbacks or, or, um, uh, yeah, absolutely it, not. It kind of like if you say at least I could, eh, nah, that's not good enough. There should be yeah, no I mean, at least. What do you want to avoid here is the pity, the pity spiral, Al, and that's what I'm trying to avoid is is being woes me and down in my luck and just everything happens to me is not fair because that that's not good for anyone. Feeling sorry for yourself is the worst habit you could possibly have, and that's a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, and I really believe that you can't be woes me about this, but you got to kind of grab life by the by the horns and kind of go after this. And it's not what happens to you, but how you react to the matters. So, how, what was the recovery process like then? When 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 you woke up, did you even know what had happened to you? Well, it had been described to me, and I was told what happened, and I fought tooth and nail to get back to walking again into the wheelchair in thirty minutes, then twenty five, then twenty. I would be in the water in the pool in the in the hospital working on like stretching out the leg and it took me forever to get back to the into the wheelchair and then walking again and then i started doing cognitive stuff to return to work so i got back to work um after you know 10 months of arduous wow rehabilitation i was back to work for two months about a year later i had a second setback so all i was found unconscious in my flap by my mom what my head had blocked leading to hydrocephalus and water in the brain i required an emergency brain surgery again so woke up in that hospital bed for the second time hearing the beeping noise the heart rate monitor oh my gosh off and all my progress was washed away right and i'm like well what what happened what happened well we had a block in the shunt but we got the block here and all my progress is washed away we got the block though it's okay well was it related from the first incident still or yes, was it they, put, they put a shunt in my head that drains the fluid from my brain okay. and that had blocked and that caused the issue my goodness so you know that i call describe my recovery as like a w right so the first setback is down here i kind of climb back up halfway up to the top and then the second setback isn't where the first one was but much lower because all my progress is washed away here and i yeah. worked so hard to get back to work and then that's taken away and i call this the the depths of the human experience. You thought you had a chance there, bud. Ha, ha, ha. Pretty close to getting back to work, weren't you? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I had to fight for my everything right. to get back to this because... The humor behind life sometimes, huh? The humor behind life, bud. And like, it's... I laugh about it now, but let me tell you, I was the lowest I've ever been in my life at that stage. I can't imagine. I was imagine. never depressed, but I was very close to just, you know... Why do I keep fighting? Like, it's kept can put kicked in the in the gut, man. This is pretty tough, and so it so, took a lot of my mental fortitude to get back from this not back, but it um, it helped. And that, that second setback took maybe about a week. The first brain hemorrhage took about a month. The second okay. setback took me took about a week, and I lost my job this summer, Al, or this past summer, and that took about an afternoon to get over it. And no afternoon mm-hmm. to to make my mind up that I'm going to become a speaker. Yeah. I thought it took about a week to get over it, to be honest, but it took about an afternoon to make the choice of being a speaker. And I went to the store to pick up a computer to that day. Afternoon, had a boozy lunch, a few margaritas, 
the faster way you can reduce your acceptance time, the better you can be in life. The first oh, setback took uh, a month. Agree. The second setback took a week. Third setback took an afternoon. It took longer to kind of come to terms with what happened to me. But the faster you can get to acceptance, the faster you can improve your lot. Wishing something didn't happen is an adequate way to resolve it. Yeah, definitely. That you know, you can't wish in a rainbow. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't. You can't hope it's going to work. It's like I hope, but like I hope through my hard work that it, something will happen that's good. The process is what I call this: chop wood, carry water. Yeah. See, before we get into that journey now that you're stepping into, you know, to to share and what's gone, you know, and, and be that speaker. You know, you send me a video. Let me go ahead and share that with the folks right now. So, folks, check this out. It's pretty cool. So, we're going to start off tonight by bringing forward a big idea and that is it's not what happens to you that matters but rather what you think about it i'll say it again it's not what happens to you that matters but what you think about it that does i'll never forget that hospital room after being told that tomorrow i undergo emergency brain surgery to remove a cyst in my brain and i should let those people close to me know i was in critical condition my parents were told i may not make it Pretty devastating. I was pretty low after this. Is all my progress was washed away, but it wasn't, was it? I kind of rationalized through this process, like, look, you've built back through this setback already. You know how to do it, so let's go. Without looking at me, just saying, I don't think you can talk again. I got paired up with a Kiwi nurse, and she was a mean old gal, and she got me. Uh, <laughs> she took me down to the park, and she would sit me in front of these people and be like. Hey, Dan, they don't think you can talk. I mustered up some courage and I said a few choice words towards him. So <laughs> now I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan. <laughs> but I'm not not comparing myself to Michael Jordan. Hey. Mood follows action. I'm a big believer in this. One day, I'm not sure what happened, but I just switched my perspective. And I switched it to this is the best place to learn how to walk in the world. Because if I can walk here, I can walk anywhere. We picked a day, March 31st. I was stoked, but I was also pretty worried. Like, what if this goes pear-shaped on me? And then we did this. Oh, wow. Probably the most controversial take on this presentation is gonna be top right, Brussels sprouts. Hmm. I hate him. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. I'm never gonna have him again in my life. Send and I'm trying milk. to live my life like the hero <laughs> in my own story. What would the hero do? He finds out he's got a brain injury. He's flat on his back. He's got nothing going on. What does the hero do to rectify that? Well, he eats clean. He gets up early. He meditates. He goes to the gym. He's like honest and truthful and like a good sound of guy. Like I'm trying to live my life like I'm the hero of my own movie. I can't tell you it's all rainbows and butterflies because that's just not true. None of this is easy. It's not easy to do any of this stuff, to walk again, to talk again, to smile again, to see again. It's not easy, but it's simple. But I mean, but this is like, if you know what you're going for, if you call your shot, just work towards that every day. There were takeaways for everyone. I learned about how to persevere and be determined as an individual, but I also learned a lot about teamwork. And throughout the whole thing, I was inspired. Um, there were moments where my breath was taken away and there were moments that really made me reflect about my journey and the path that I'm on. So it's to change my mindset from woe is me to what can I learn from this and go from that Michael Jordan mentality of 
finding the game within the game. It was actually really inspiring to hear um, hear his story start to finish, and really had me second guessing, kind of looking at some of the limits I have on myself. So very powerful speaking, just a remarkable person. And I'm going to apply some of the hacks that he brought up. Tell the people in the hospital he wants to ski again, and then to see him cutting those turns on the hill uh, gave me goosebumps for sure. So uh, overall, pretty fantastic stuff. And uh, I look forward to uh, to seeing Dan excel in his new career, uh, speaking and sharing his story. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I think we all want to see that. Woo! What a video, Dan. What a great video. So talk about this journey, you know, and deciding to speak and share your story publicly. How do you feel, you know, when wonderful video, how do you feel when you were there speaking publicly? It's uh, like I'm not a natural, I wouldn't say I'm a natural speaker, Alec. It takes a lot of, I mean, doing a lot of these podcasts and speaking in public now, I'm pretty comfortable with it, but it, it's been something I really worked hard at to get myself tuned in and tightened up quite a lot it's um still get nervous like I'm, I'm still nervous um speaking in front of people live it's been a we're very live different. right now but it's we're so different right now, isn't well, it different Dan? we're live now but there's no there's no audience so but yes, yet when we're in front of an audience right but this this is okay i'm okay with this man but it's the audience is a bit nerve-wracking but uh i agree I did it once. I hosted a panel, and that first time, my gosh, my hands were shaking. Everybody was asking me, what's wrong with you? You do this all the time. I said, not in front of people, <laughs> you know? It, it, but it, it, it's fun. But kudos to you because for fun. what you've gone to, to do, what you're doing. So, you know, again, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to share that. But, but talk about sharing that journey in front of people physically as opposed to on the web yeah i mean it's rewarding to see them react to like the stuff i've been through and it's i share a lot about my background and what i've been through because i want you to val like validate what i'm what i'm telling you in terms of hacks um i talk a lot about stuff you can do to improve your life and your mindset and stuff like that and why would you listen to me well i'm someone who's been through a b and c and if you don't believe in what i've been through then you're not going to believe in what i'm telling you to do or try to do I'm never going to tell you what you should do. I'll tell you what worked for me, and you can try that if it works. That's why I shared the story is to get you to bind me as a presenter, which is, I mean, it's a bit difficult to watch it and, like, hear you always talk about that and, oh, this is, you know, they're kind of seeing your story and they're saying these things about your story, and it's a bit cringeworthy to watch, to be honest, but it's, I have to do it for you to bind me as a presenter. Otherwise, who the hell are you telling me any of this stuff, man? So it's difficult in that perspective. So, where are we going? What type? What other speaking engagements have you have planned right now? Yeah, good question. Also, I'm. I'm. Well, the game plan is to do a TED talk. Oh, uh, TED goal. talk! Yeah, kiddo. That's the goal this year, early next year, if I can. But I'm going for that, man. I've got a TED talk ready to go now. With some tweaks, it'll be it'll be good. It's got that scheme video in there. It's got some other good stuff. It's highs and lows and emotional roller coaster uh but the game plan is to be a full-time speaker uh, i've got you know i spoke last week at a high school uh last month at a football club in west van i've got some deals in the pipe nice um, for online speaking gigs as well as in-person gigs in vancouver 
But I want to do this because I want to share these lessons with you and the people that want to listen to this because I paid a heavy price for this stuff. Like I have the scars to prove it and I can tell you what's what really matters when you're flat out and you're, you're counting for your next one, right? Don't go right here. It's a honeypot. Go around the corner. It's much better. So is this, are we only going to go the speaking route? Are we turning into this into a podcast? Are, are, are we going with a with, with, with dreams of a talk show, the Dan McQueen show? Come on. <laughs> Hard pass in the talk show, brother. But I've got a podcast right now <laughs> called Play Loose, Look Tight. Play Loose. The of yeah. Life After. It's on yeah. pause right now because I get the speaking stuff off the ground. But I've got the podcast um, there now, which is uh, there's yeah. the website there that's brand new. That's up today as of today. But the podcast is one that I really want to get back into doing because that's a big passion project of mine. And I want to do that because I want to share what I've learned, man, because you can benefit from this. Thank and you. Can really break it down and listen to what I'm saying. Like the content, I think is second to none. The editing quality is, is rubbish. I'll be the first to admit that, but the quality of the content itself is spectacular, I think. But again, I mean, sometimes people don't really care about the editing. It, it's so long as they connect with the story. And I think that's, that's the most important part. They connect with the person. And, I, I, man, yeah. I, 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 I'm digging what you're saying. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm with you. So talk about this website that I love right here. I can promise you I'm different than any speaker you've seen in the past. Different, not better. I love that. Talk about that. What are we talking about here? When you when you yeah, say well, that, I came with my buddy RJ on the on the weekend or last week. We we're talking about like branding stuff and creating like a catchphrase that kind of encompasses my brand and my vibe. And I can honestly say that's my value prop. Is like, look, I'm going to be different than anyone you've had in the past. I approach recovery and rehab in such a unique way that it's going to be different. And that's to say, it's not better, but different. Different, not better. I'm not trying to say I'm better than anyone you've seen in the past. I'm trying to say I'm different. And that I can say I'm honestly truthful. And look at this site. Well done. Speaking topics. You know, moonshot goal setting, resilient mindset, mental health. How can you overcome your obstacles by reframing them? Something obviously you know very well. The resilient mindset where you say it was not easy, but it was simple. When you say that, though, how, how simple is it? When you when when you say that, because obviously things appear easy only after the experience. Like, oh, that's how. Well, it's like you're you're in a wheelchair, right? And like you're learning how to walk. And in order to walk, you got to wear the splint. It's not easy to wear the splint, but it's simple to wear the splint. Okay. I mean, like, I can choose to wear the splint, yes or no. If you say no, then I guess you're not walking anytime soon. But if you say yes, then I'm walking. The splint was horrific, man. That thing was agony, agony. But like I wore it to get back to walking again. And it shows me how strong I can be to walk because I had to go through that splint. Now it wasn't easy to do that, but it was simple to make the choice that I'm a walker. What I'm saying is like make the choice. It's simple to make that choice. It's not easy to do the work afterwards, but it's simple to choose that you're going to be a walker. That makes sense. No, understood. I mean, see you over here all over to the website. Uh, so, so you have a YouTube as well. So what, what's popping off from the YouTube? I've just got the demo reel up there now. I've got some other stuff coming up. Okay. This is the demo reel that you saw earlier. Uh, right, so I've folks, got, we got to get more subscribers. You got five subs now, and we got to get two on more. So folks, you better start subbing on this YouTube. And he already got it. So it's just like all the other socials that I've been showing. 
Right, the LinkedIn, the Twitter, and the Instagram at MacQueenDan. So I love it. I love the fact that you have like secured this name, Dan. Great yeah, job. Kind of something I figured I should, you know, be like consistent across the the board and make that happen. Yes. I used to work so in social important. media for Hootsuite, right? So I I know a thing or two about like best practices about this stuff, and I haven't even updated my my profiles with the new website in the profile there. So I do that for LinkedIn and, and uh, Instagram. I'm going to do a post on LinkedIn tomorrow to promote the video in the demo reel and hopefully okay. drive some traffic and some leads there. I was doing this, some testing today with a friend of mine uh, who helped me get the website off the ground. I'm very grateful for him, but it's uh, starting to turn the corner, man. It's very much like, like, like watch this space. I, I, listen. I really can't wait to see what you're doing here because it's, it, it is inspiring for you to get to go through this. Sue's going to share the story, inspiring others. You know, I think you got the branding on point. That website is dope. Bro, I mean, you're amazing. So you had mentioned earlier something about hacks, right? Hacks. So yeah. I, I, I see something on where we got hooked up. Big shout out to Alex from, from Podmatch for, for, for doing hookup over here, right? So a hack of a morning routine is important to you. Can you please outline what it is that you do? Yeah, so morning routines. My mornings are my time. And something I really realized that if I set my morning up for success, my day will be successful. Um, I followed the book, Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans. Found out that a lot of high performers do a couple of things. They make their bed in the morning, they meditate in the morning, and they go for exercise. So I have a very religious routine. I wake up early, I make my bed. First thing to do is make my bed. Simple task, big results. You make your bed, your life's in order. Your room looks tidy. The first task you accomplish in the day, the last thing you do in the day is get into bed. Hey, I accomplish that in the morning. Mm. Make my bed. Then I go for a workout, either a walk, gym, or swim. Today I shoveled my snow in my front front patio because it's still that fun. <laughs> but you know, that's exercise. I got a good strain on that, right? So that's pretty good. Did that and then I came back for shower and the shower cold last two minutes. Well, to be fair, today was probably about a minute and a half, but ice cold <laughs> minute and a half. Get out of the shower, and I meditate for 25 minutes. How do you now, do the meditation? What's that? How do, how, how do you do with the meditation? I tried it once, and it scared the hell out of me because I, I, I swear, Dan, I swear to you, I felt my soul coming out my body, and it put me in a crazy emotional state that I, I, I like broke out of it, and I, nope, I can't do this. I've never had that happen before, but that sounds a bit un, unsettling. Yeah, it, it, it totally. I really felt myself coming out of myself. It was insane, emotional feeling. I like, I don't like this. <laughs> it felt weird. I think um, what I recommend is start small. So a small winnable target of two minutes. Next week, do four minutes. Week after, do six minutes and eight minutes. Ramp up to where you're at now. I do 25 in the morning. I didn't get here by doing 25 wow. off the hop. I started with two, then four, then six, and eight, and ramping up gradually. Small, obtainable wins you want to do. Do you find there's benefits from the meditation? Oh, tremendous. Like I got to align my mind, think of stuff that, you know, I should be doing today or that I should have done last last week or something like that. It's like a clear way to clear the cobwebs in your mind. Okay. I love these things. And I also swim quite a lot, which is a nice way to kind of blast out the angst and just get into your body. There's a chance for your mind to kind of just have some bandwidth to spin and like catch up with all those loose ends. I've got a lap counter, which does just what it says in the tin. But it allows me the free space with no influence, outside influence like traffic, uh, music, podcasts, noises, except 
you know, a few people in the swim lane occasionally. But swimming is huge for me, and that's a great way for me to join the dots and to kind of connect things for me. So I really enjoy swimming as well. Uh, see, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. All right. So last question here, because you were talking about gamification. So can you speak how gamification has been used throughout this process and allows it to be better than yesterday? Yeah, for sure. So I've got a lot of uh, – I'll share one hack with you if you don't mind, Al. Go ahead. It's called um, an icebreaker. And an icebreaker, you know, not a not a social icebreaker. This is like an icebreaker like in the Arctic. So London's quite a busy city. Think the circuses are quite bad. Just the bloody circus, the Oxford Circus, Piccadilly Circus. Madness. What you want to do is find an icebreaker. Someone walk in your direction where you can walk in their wake behind them. Let them break the ice for you. So like some find someone with a, with a stro stroller and you walk in behind them because they're breaking the ice. They're dealing with head-on traffic. And you just right in behind them, you get in the wake. So you're not dealing with that oncoming traffic. If you can reduce the strain you face and the, the jostling you're facing in a day-to-day -day day so you can reduce the, the exertion your body deals with. Fatigue is a big thing for brain injured guys or brain injured people. And by doing icebreakers, you can reduce the strain that you face. So that's one way to gamify life. We've also got one called betting on the ponies. This is when you go to the track and the tube is how you get around in London, right? It's like the subway. Now, betting on the ponies, you get in the tube and you start like eyeballing people and seeing, you know, where they're going to get off based on how they're dressed. So, you know, uh, um, suit and tie, they're probably getting out in the financial districts, but somewhere central maybe. So you, they might be getting out near um, uh, Liverpool Street. Maybe that's what place. So you kind of position yourself to get their seat when they get off at that station. And I call that betting on the ponies. But I'm having fun with this. Hmm. I'm challenging myself to make a game of life because life's not always no, life's not yeah. always. Life can be difficult, and if you don't find time to enjoy it, you're, you're gonna miss it. Turn yeah, this right. one way to also turn down the suck too, right, Al? So you're having a good time with this. Then mm -hmm. on the ponies, um, icebreakers. I got one other last one I'll share with you. It's called pop the clutch. Now pop the clutch. I know this means starting a standard car down a hill. Throwing a gear, you start it that way. That's not what I mean with this. By popping the clutch, I mean past people in life or past people in a space that you know, requires overtaking. Yes. Sometimes people slow you down in life. You got to pass them. You got to pop the clutch. I had a friend of mine uh, who loved Fast and the Furious. I'll save her her name because she'll be really embarrassed if I know, notify this. But I say, ask, <laughs> any racer, ask any real race. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or by a mile. Winning is winning. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I use to, to signify popping the clutch. So... But you're having fun with this stuff, right? It's all gamifying stuff. If you're not having fun of this, you're doing it wrong. One last thing here, Al. The name of my podcast is called Play Loose, Look Tight. Play Loose. Play Loose is a very intentional word there. You want to play. Play is the first word that I use because life is about playing. Life is about having fun. It's not about arduous struggle and strife. Have moments where you can have some levity and enjoy yourself when you're doing something difficult because life's not always about the struggle. It's about enjoying the stuff and the finer things in life. Or just find that levity there. That was a rant and a half yeah. for you there, Al. No, that's the rant. That's just knowledge. And I love it. It's, it's truth. You, you speak, you, you're dropping some gems on us, Daniel. Love it. So you know, this is why I, I, I see nothing but success for you as a speaker. So if, if people wanted to book you, you know, to, to speak at an event or, or you know, uh, for, for an office event or, 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 or a big show somewhere about podcasting, or life, where can they contact you? Yeah, that's a great question, Alan. Thank you. The best spots on the website, mcqueendan.com. 
M-A-C-Q-U-E-E-N-Dan.com. Okay. And that's ready to rock and roll as of today. So that's fresh off the press. Uh, I'm booking into the next month or so. I've got a few gigs on the calendar, but it's pretty open right now. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And, and what's the turnaround time on a reply? We want to. We don't want to keep them waiting on the knowledge of Mr. Dan McQueen. Now, come on. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Hey, there we go. You take care of it, folks. Don't you worry. So, if you want somebody that's going to inspire the hell out of your team that has overcome, I mean, great challenges in life, and look at him here today, kicking butt, doing podcasts, doing speaking engagements, and so much more. The amazing Dan McQueen. Thank you again for your time, my brother. All the links are below, folks. Please make sure to click away, share, show the love, support entrepreneurs and speakers like Dan. Thank you for tuning in to the Al Mega Podcast. I appreciate you. Show the love. Give us a review on Apple or your favorite other podcast platform. And with that, hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Al Mega Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the insights and stories from our guests. Remember, success is a journey, not a destination. And every step you take, no matter how small, brings you closer to your goals. Don't give up on your dreams and keep pushing forward. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and stay motivated.